The Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. Annex Wealth Management is a proud member of the Barron's Top Advisor List and the Financial Times Top 300. Know the difference. It's Team Tech Trust. Good morning, Southwest Florida. Here we go. Annex Wealth Management Show on the air at 92.5 Fox News. Got a good one planned for you in the next half hour. The SECURE Act and the CARES Act, how do they affect your RMD? That's coming up from one of our teammates. Also, another team segment called Challenges for Women in Retirement. That's good. Quick reminder, got a couple of webinars coming up. First one, Rapidly Approaching, happens tomorrow at 4.30 in the afternoon. It's called The Upside to a Down Market. Also, the Annuity Enigma, very popular. It's back on Tuesday. That is at 4 o'clock. Details at AnnexWealth.com. Look for the Events tab. My name is Danny Clayton. Good morning, Mark Oswald. Good morning, gentlemen. Mark is our Chief Compliance Officer. Our Chief Investment Officer is Derek Felsky. Hey, Derek. Good morning. And uh, Dave Spano, President CEO, Annex Wealth Management. Good morning to you. Good morning, Danny, and uh, good morning, everybody. You know, obviously, every time we turn on the news, we're seeing the worst ever, the worst ever this and the worst ever that. Uh, GDP numbers, unemployment, and on Friday morning, it was retail sales, the worst number uh, ever recorded. But of of course, we all know what the story is. The story is it was a health-related issue that shut down the economy. When you shut down the economy, you're going to get numbers like this. Well, where the disconnect is happening is the stock market is actually behaving pretty well. And so you have to say, is there a disconnect and why is that happening? One of the things that you can look at, Mark, is the composition of uh, the major indexes. For example, the triple Qs, or what's called the NASDAQ index, five or six stocks represent about 40% of that index. And those are the FANG stocks plus Microsoft, and in the S&P 500, uh, that represents 20%. So there's an overweight for sure with the large cap stocks, and that may be the reason why the market looks to be doing better than the economy. It certainly does. When you think about you know stock selection and asset selection, when you think about those big companies that are driving those indexes, you look at it, you know, a cap-weighted index like the S&P 500 is doing pretty well. It's holding up pretty well. If you look at it as an equally weighted, if you took all 500 stocks and said you get an equal weight in this, the the Turn is disparate. I mean, it's you know goes from ten percent down to like seventeen or eighteen percent down. So depending on what your the companies that you own or the sectors that you're exposed to, you're getting a different experience. And that's right. And Derek, you know, really, for example, the retail sales number that we saw on Friday, that is really telling the story. The fact that there is this divergence from the really big large cap companies to mom and pop and the smaller companies. And as we all know, small business represents fifty percent of the employment in this country. It, it, it does. And inside that retail sales number, apparel sales were down 90%. So think about all of those mall-based retailers that were closed. But then on the other hand, you had a fairly substantial uptick in electronic sales, which benefited many of the companies that Mark was alluding to. So generally speaking, it's really about stock selection and about trying to figure out you know, which sectors of the economy are likely to recover first uh, with, the, with the least damage possible, frankly. Yeah, that's right. And for sure, stock selection and sector selection on the equity side. And 
you know where you're going to invest. Obviously, the fixed income guys are are acting differently. You know, some of the major names in the fixed income business have been very very dire. Uh, and you talk about the big names like Gunlock, and then we saw Stanley Druckenmiller and even David Tepper, who is a hedge fund guy, uh, make some pretty dire predictions. And so there is this breakdown. But like you said, you have to be in the right areas. You have to be, for example, in tech and healthcare, and the things that are going to suffer obviously appear to be retail and energy. Well, and anything you know, entertainment related, uh, travel related, uh, which are becoming a smaller and smaller piece of the S and P. And one thing that's kind of interesting, really, since the the bottom in March, you know, we've seen the price of oil now rally pretty dramatically, got to almost $30, $30 a barrel today, and energy stocks have actually had a very large bounce, although their impact on the S&P 500 is, is minuscule since the energy weighting is now down to 3% from 15% about 20 years ago. And so when this whole thing started, you know, we saw what's called the VIX, the fear index mark, spiked up to uh, more than 80, and that's higher than what it was in uh, 08, September of 08, and we watched that now, it, and we said pay attention to it. It has steadily moved down, traded around, closed around 30 on Friday and heading lower. It had averaged around 15 or so, but it's heading in the right direction. So the steam is starting to come down as businesses start to open up. But again, that measure of fear, we're starting to see that come down. And that means that it's for sure time to know what sectors that you own, what equities you own, and what's in your portfolio. Couldn't be more important than right now. You know, that volatility index, the VIX, if you follow it, I mean, it starts to tamper down a little bit, starts to come back to a real pace, you, you look at it as an opportunity. You look at it as an opportunity to look at your portfolio and see what your true exposure is. You know, it's kind of a bit of a do-over because if you didn't do anything at the beginning of the, this year in terms of rebalancing or getting a risk tolerance check, this kind of gives you an opportunity to redo that. There's been a surge in the market. Now would be a time to look at your equity exposure, especially for senior citizens. To be looking at what you need to keep in your retirement plan to sustain your lifetime throughout the rest of your financial plan. So getting that risk uh, getting that rebalance done, looking at your risk tolerance, matching it to your portfolio couldn't be more important than doing it right now. And you made a really great point, the fact that you may get another kick at the cat here, if you will, uh, with that, as that saying goes, because we had a nice rally, but there's a lot of great clouds still forming. Uh, for example, earnings season is now over. Obviously, we saw the conversation with China and Huawei, and so there are risks for sure. And so it's an opportunity, Danny, to go into your portfolio and say, am I in the right sectors? Am I in the right names what is my allocation because you got a window right here if there are times that you open up your statement and it's a lot of alphabet soup i mean it's it's funds or it's etfs and you're not quite sure what they mean you need a deeper dive annex wealth management would be happy to do that it's complimentary that is what we call a free portfolio analysis and the framework for a financial plan you can start at annexwealth.com by clicking that get started button there's more to come this is the annex wealth management show you are listening to 925 Fox News. This is Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management, where we ask you to know the difference. The Wall Street Journal has published a list of questions to ask your financial advisor. The very first one is, are you a fiduciary and are you willing to put that in writing? We've been asking people listening to our show to do that for years. That's just one of the ways to know the difference between financial advisors. People come to us every day with what I call a mishmash. Statements here and there, overlapping investments, no consolidation. Annex Wealth Management can clean that up and put it in order. Our team of investment, tax, and estate planners will work to make sure your plan is clear and coordinated. If this makes sense to you, or if you want a second opinion on your investments and retirement planning, go to AnnexWealth.com. You can learn more there or simply hit the Get Started button and start the process. AnnexWealth.com. 
know the difference. I'm Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management. I hope we see you soon. Planning and investment insight from a fee-only fiduciary, and we put that in writing. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. Know the difference? It's Team Tech Trust, the Secure Act, the CARES Act, and RMDs. There's a lot going on, and we thought it'd be a good idea to take a couple of minutes for the latest, a snapshot, if you will, of what will affect required minimum distributions. Joining me is Randy Winkler, Manager, Financial Planning, and a CFP at Annex. Hey, Randy. Hey, Danny. I've been uh, dealing with you on uh, video chat and uh, other things. Uh, your cat has not jumped into your lap because you're actually here. Yep. So good to see you. Live and in person. There you go. At the very top, what is the 22nd definition of an RMD or a required minimum distribution? All right. Well, the government allows you to defer paying income taxes on money you put into certain types of accounts. But at some point, they want you to start paying. So you can't get at that money without penalty till age 59 and a half. But you don't have to start at 59 and a half. You can wait till later. But there is a point, and that's what we're going to talk about today because it's changed, where they require you to start taking money out and paying income taxes. Very nice. Okay. Now, there have been two major pieces of legislation in the last six months, probably even less than that, right? Yes. That are affecting RMDs. The first was the SECURE Act. And what did we see with that? The SECURE Act changed the RMD age from the year you turn 70 and a half until the year you turn 72. So that was a considerable change. They pushed the date back, and that benefited a lot of people who hadn't already started. This is for people who turned 70 and a half after December 31st of 2019. If you turn 70 and a half before that, there's no change. And it seemed that most people liked that. Oh, yeah. The longer you can push back taxation, uh, the better. Really, it, the government put out some information that only about 20% of people actually take out only their RMD. Um, we see that a lot with our clients when we're doing uh, planning. We'd like to defer that as much as possible. But for the people that are affected, they liked it a lot. Let's move forward to the CARES Act. And that had a zillion moving parts. What were the changes to RMDs with the CARES Act? Well, the big change there is that no one has to take a required minimum distribution in 2020. So anybody that had to, that still had to take one after the change in the SECURE Act does not have to take one after the CARES Act this year. That was it for this year? That was it, correct. It's okay. only for this year. They may make other changes depending on everything going on with the, with the virus. But for this year, we don't have to take an RMD. So what happens if you already took an RMD in what? 2020? Well, that's a really good question. Um, If you've taken it this year already, you can roll it back with a couple of provisions. Uh, If it's from a 401k or from an IRA, you can roll it back if you took it out since February 1st. If you took it before that, you don't have that option. It also can't come from a beneficiary IRA. If you have a beneficiary IRA and you took your required minimum distribution, you can't roll it back in. I learned that the hard way. Oh, sorry to hear that. That's okay. Uh, But you have only until July 15th to roll it back in, and you can only do one per year. So this gets a little complicated if someone is taking their required minimum distribution every single month. If they've discovered that after hearing this broadcast that, oh, I've taken it out the last three months, you can only put one back in. Randy Winkler, Manager Financial Planning and a CFP at Annex. He and his team dug deep into the RMD changes in both the SECURE Act and the CARES Act and how they could affect our clients. What are the planning opportunities then? Well, there's a couple there. So you cannot do Roth conversions on an RMD. But since you don't have to take an RMD this year, you could take out the same amount of money, call it a withdrawal, and convert it to a Roth. You pay the same amount of taxes as you would have under the RMD, but the money is going into an account that will never be taxed again. That's one big opportunity that we've taken advantage of for a lot of our clients. Uh, This also might be a good year to realize some long-term capital gains. 
Capital gains taxes are lower typically than income taxes. So maybe you take a look at it with your financial advisor and say, okay, do I do a Roth conversion? Do I uh, take some capital gains and pay the lower taxes? There's an opportunity this year that there isn't in every year. Can people still do qualified charitable distributions? Those are QCDs. Yes, they can. Now, those this this is something that gets confusing also. Uh, typically, those work where somebody takes their required minimum distribution and gives it to a charity, and then it comes right off of their AGI, so they don't have to pay income taxes on it. They can still do that, but they do not have to wait until 72. So even though the RMD age has moved back, but you do have to wait until you're 70 and a half. And not the year you turn 70 and a half, but when you actually turn 70 and a half. So the government tries to make it as complicated for everybody as possible with all well, these numbers and rules. You guys do such a good job boiling it down and presenting it. But if this is still confusing, Annex Wealth Management can help. In fact, if you're not with Annex, does your investment and retirement planning team dig this deep and work so well? If not, let's talk. Start at AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Randy Winkler, Manager of Financial Planning and a CFP at Annex. Thank you. Oh, it's great to be here, Danny. This is Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management. COVID-19's impact is staggering. From the tragic loss of life to the gut punch to the worldwide economy, we understand why you're feeling anxious. These challenging times are a result of a public health crisis that has created an economic crisis. Most thought the American economy was on a healthy track before the virus spread globally. But even the best health professionals can only estimate how long we'll have to live like this. Whether you're a client of Annex or not, please take a deep breath before making hasty decisions that could permanently harm your plan. I've said this often, this too shall pass. Our clients' plans are built to address current cash needs, intermediate goals, and eventually a satisfying retirement. We're committed to making that happen. If we can help, head to AnnexWealth.com and click the Get Started button. Use Annex everywhere and never leave the house. I'm Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management. Stay healthy. Cut through the clutter with Axiom, the weekly newsletter from Annex Wealth Management. Subscribe today for seven insights built and delivered to you every Sunday. It'll help you navigate the markets and the things that affect your money. The Axiom. Sign up at AnnexWealth.com. Team. Tech. Trust. Straight talk from a fee-only fiduciary. It's time to know the difference. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. Know the difference. It's Team Tech Trust. Actual numbers surrounding women's retirement income deficit are in, and they're pretty concerning. Deanne Phillips is Director of Client Learning and Development, a CFP and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back, Deanne. Hello, Danny. Let's talk about this. And at the top of the stack is the fact that women generate just 83% of retirement income that men do. That's right, Danny. They're 80% more likely to be below the poverty threshold than men. So it's not exactly golden in their later years. Now, this is primarily due to women in the workforce still as a whole, not making as much as men do. And then combined with being the primary caregivers of children and aging parents, that takes them out of the workforce. And then, of course, there are major transitions like divorce later in life. They all aggregate to make their nest eggs smaller. Mm, it's a burden, uh, caregiving, divorce, and the pay gap. And let's start with the pay gap. Well, women as a whole have less time in the workplace, so their aggregate pay is less. And when they do work, they earn less than men. Now, there are several complex considerations that go into figuring this gap. A built-in survey posed this year actually showed that there are 
controlled and uncontrolled gender pay gaps. Now, the uncontrolled measures the median salary for all men and all women. This is the most daunting statistic where women earn 79 cents to every dollar earned by a man. When we look at the controlled gender pay gap, that measures median salary for men and women with the same job and qualifications. Now, there's still a gap, but significantly better with women earning 98 cents for every dollar a man earns. There's also an opportunity gap, which is a difference in opportunities and barriers that actually do limit certain demographics from advancing their career. Women, unfortunately, are less likely to hold more senior roles with higher salaries than men. The research also shows that caregiving, especially spousal caregiving, has a more detrimental economic impact for women. Caregiving is a financial and retirement risk that falls disproportionately on women, and you must see that. Oh, yeah, we do. So first of all, women do tend to be the primary ones that will uh, pull themselves out of the workforce to care for babies and elderly parents. And if they're taking time off for a longer period of time, it can definitely set back careers and the pay scale, in some cases, making women essentially in their career start again. Mm, Then we have one of the D's that you often speak of, and that is divorce. Right. And gray divorce or divorce over the age of 50 accounts for 25% of divorces we now see. Now think about that. That takes a career of retirement savings and potentially splits it up. So now it's making women live longer with less assets and perhaps less income. Yeah, and you said it, women do tend to live longer than their spouses, which means that they need more to live on. Yeah, they do. They live longer in retirement than men, and they live many of those years single. So did you know the average age of widowhood is quite young, 59 years old, in fact? We usually plan for a male lifespan of 86 and a female to 91 years in our typical financial planning here at Annex, just to be sure that we uh, don't run into a situation where people are concerned about outliving their money. Yeah, I'm not sure if you, you know this, but who does better in the long run, single women or women who are or were married? Well, so having been married at some point in the past actually is financially better than never having been married. Much of the marriage benefit may come from Social Security, spousal, and then, of course, survivor benefits that you might get when your spouse passes. And laws require the spouses be named beneficiaries on certain types of retirement plans unless the spouse waives that right. So all that kind of aggregates to point toward, at least from a financial point of view, having been married at some points a little better. We're not knocking men here because I am one, (laughs) but women need to take a larger role. And one of the points of the study was if you are now part of a couple, your retirement planning addresses both his and hers sides of retirement. Yeah, so we're really used to thinking like a couple if we are a couple. And so one might develop their financial plan for both retirements and, you know, take it through to the actuarial numbers. But think about that. That's two Social Security payments, married tax bracket, perhaps pensions, other income, and then a lifetime of potentially two careers of retirement savings. That changes with the death of the first partner. Statistically, that would be the male. Then the female only keeps the higher Social Security check. They ultimately have to usually file single tax bracket. That can change her situation and force her to live below the means she's used to. So we at Annex always believe in stress testing a financial plan to include scenarios like a disability or premature death of a spouse just to see how that impacts the remaining partner financially. And you said it, we want to offer helping hands if we can. We have a couple of webinars that are coming up, and I'm thinking that these would be great for anybody that's listening and has heard what Deanna is saying and is starting to click. 
Yeah, thank you, Danny. So, you know, they're stayed in the title women, but of course, their webinars, anybody can listen in. Uh, information is key and power here. The first one is Women's Guide to Financial Self-Defense, which is Thursday, May 21st at 3 p.m., 4 p.m. Eastern Time. And then also Women and Wealth Investing with Confidence on Wednesday, May 27th, also at 3 p.m., and that's 4 p.m. Eastern Time. They are webinars. We have you in and out uh, under an hour. And again, they're geared to address some of these gaps we've been talking about today and furthermore to empower women to ask the right questions and really kind of narrow down what's important when they're dealing with and working with a financial advisor. Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development at CFP and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you for your time. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Danny. Custom-tailored investment and retirement planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. Cut through the clutter with Axiom, the weekly newsletter from Annex Wealth Management. Subscribe today for seven insights built and delivered to you every Sunday. It'll help you navigate the markets and the things that affect your money. The Axiom. Sign up at AnnexWealth.com. We're back. Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. We just heard from Deanne talking about a couple of webinars that she's got coming up. That's not for another week or so. We have some early next week, like tomorrow at 4.30 in the afternoon, a good one called The Upside to a Down Market. And then on Tuesday at 4 in the afternoon, The Annuity Enigma. Details at AnnexWealth.com. Look for the Events tab. I'm Danny Clayton. Derek Felsky is here. Mark Oswald and Dave Spano, our president and CEO at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks, Danny. You know, there's every quarter we have what's called the earnings season, and uh, really this one is, is concluding right now. Now, you have to remember, these are reports from last quarter, not the quarter that we are currently in, and they were okay. They were actually a little better because really the shutdowns didn't happen until the very end of the quarter. But when you talk about aggregate earnings of the S&P 500, Mark, the target uh, last year was 100 $175 of aggregate earnings. Uh, and then when we started this year, we, we thought about $165. Uh, and as we got into this, we kept lowering our estimate. Uh, we're now at about $120. And if you put a reasonable multiple on that, even call it 20, that means 2400 on the S&P 500. We closed at 2863 on Friday. That should tell you something. I mean, if you believe in valuations and you believe that what people are buying when they buy stocks is the earnings that you get from those stocks 12 months from now, 18 months from now, 10 years years from now. I think that's what you have to look at and say, what is the earnings guidance? What's the projection for earnings as you go forward? And I think that you know our committee was smart to, to continue to move that back on a conservative basis when we did earlier this year. And who knows what that number is going to be in 2021. And I think that's what you start to look for. That's a great is, point. Is, is right now, you know, 2020 is maybe a lost year from the standpoint of what's going to happen with earnings, but and GDP and unemployment and everything else. But looking forward to 2021 might be helpful. And Derek, you know, that could be what some savvy investors are doing. They're saying, I'm going to pick up whatever the name of DuJour is, Microsoft and Apple, and say, I'm going to put it in my portfolio, and it's going to stay there through 2021 and beyond. And maybe people are thinking that far ahead. I'm not sure. Well, I mean, I, I know any number of folks, actually, when they value companies, they think about normalized earnings. So they try to smooth out cyclicality. And obviously, this this type of cyclicality is unprecedented. But, but generally speaking, when you value a company into the future, you're looking at a stream of cash flows goes out as far as 10 to 15 years. 
years. And the, the, the first year, the year that we're currently in, should really only be about 10% of the valuation of a company. So even if the company earns zero this year, anytime you take the value of that company down by more than that 10% number, assuming the multiple remains the same, you've probably overreacted to some degree, provided that ongoing that is an ongoing business that will be able to generate cash flow into the future. And as volatility picks up, and it, it probably will, and you're going to get an opportunity to buy some names that you want if you can think into 2021 and beyond. And a lot of traders, that was, as we know, uh, don't do that. There is some issues to watch. Of course, China uh, is is something that is going to be a major conversation, uh, particularly with Huawei and everything that they're doing. And then you're going to have to certainly talk about a presidential election year and the idea that, for example, the Republicans uh, won't be in power and therefore the idea that taxation might go up. Uh, will hurt earnings. And so you have to pay attention to that altogether, Mark. Well, you certainly do, because it's the world that we're going to inherit. You know, what happens after November in terms of the composition of the legislature and the executive branch? Are we going to be able to continue with this environment, or is the environment going to change? The market doesn't like uncertainty. And if it's a coin flip right now as to who's the next president going to be, I think that that uncertainty starts to lead to, you know, some more volatility in the markets. Yeah, that's for sure. And, and lastly, Derek, you know, we talk talk about supply and we talk about demand. Demand issue uh, generally could mean people going out and buying things. Now, there are certain segments of people who are the minute that we can go out and shop are going to do that. They're going to go to bars, they're going to go to restaurants, and they're going to get, that, get their hair cut. But there is going to be a large segment, you know, we're really at a U6 number, which is really the overall unemployment number, is probably around 20%. And how far do we get back to normalizing? What percentage of us aren't going to be working? That's the demand issue. Well, the, the perception is, at least on the part of those that are unemployed, is roughly 75% of them believe that they're only temporarily laid off. And and fortunately, the government stepped in, provided additional uh, unemployment compensation for them to, to get them through this chasm, which was generated uh, by the government. But ultimately, you know, people's habits are going to change. You know, how many of these job losses will be permanent? How many businesses will adapt in a way that's safe? And what will that do to their margins? Think about the restaurant that has to space tables. They're obviously, they're not going to make the money they made in the past unless they raise prices dramatically. And how will that? How will the landlords take that? Will they get a negotiated settlement there? So there are any number of uncertainties. And that's why, you know, the world is always an uncertain place. But in my mind, it's more uncertain today than it's ever been in my investment career. And that's why I think a balanced approach to investing, a, a conservative assessment of the risks and, and the opportunities is warranted. And Mark, there's a way to do that. Well, there certainly is. And again, you know, it's Sunday morning, but you want to make sure that you are thinking about this as we get into next week. You know, we are, you know, seeing people over uh, Annex everywhere through, through that technology. We can do a free portfolio review for you, but it can't be more important than it is right now. If you haven't done it before, what would stop you from doing it at this point in time? Because it's so important what happens to your portfolio and how it impacts your financial plan over the next few years. Mark alluded to uh, the tech that we use, but know the difference means team tech trust with Annex Wealth Management. You've heard a lot of our teammates today. You've heard about our tech. How about trust? Barron's top advisor, four-time member of the Financial Times Top 300, a fee-only fiduciary partner. Boy, that might be the most important part. Check us out. Head to the website. You can do it on a weekend. AnnexWealth.com is the website. You click the Get Started button. 
The Annex Wealth Management Show is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation.